are there any dangerous, like actual dangerous animals that you would ever want to be around? <laughs> my my thought was immediately cuddle or play with. Yeah, well, if they would allow you to cuddle or play with, but okay. yeah, to an extent, cuddle or play with or be in close proximity to. Ooh. Uh, so Outside of zoos. Like, I'm saying no walls involved. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I will say, uh, the, my first thought was, was lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was younger, my mom always said that, like, her dream was to, like, touch a lion's mane. She's like, I feel like they're so majestic. But I don't know, like, seeing maybe, I don't know, maybe after seeing so many lions and, like, documentaries and stuff, I'm like, that doesn't look soft. That looks really coarse and not comfortable at all. Yes. So I'm like, I don't actually care about, like, like a lion's cool, but I think I'd just be kind of chilling next to it. And it's a giant cat. It's probably going to be doing its own thing. It's not going to be that cool. Um, and so if they're, hmm, I feel like a bear would probably be uh, something that I'd think about. That sounds cool. Maybe a moose. I think just something with immense size is just something like, because if I'm near it, my first thought is to be terrified. But um, I remember when I was younger, I saw a baby moose. And it was the most terrifying thing in the world. The thing was like a fuck. It was a walking tree. It was an ant. That thing was yeah. huge. And so I think if I was able to just be near a moose, fully standing, big, I might just like lose it. That you know what? Yeah, I'll go moose or a or a buck. I think just like being near it and them not just running away or killing me. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to just be near. Would you hang out with a bear in the rain? Ooh, like a drizzly bear. <laughs> You coming into this podcast with a drizzly bear, bro? That's fun. First of all, drizzly bear is adorable. That's the coolest thing ever. Dude. Uh, Pokemon company, don't steal that from me. <laughs> dude, that's, that's a water bear, dude. A drizzly bear. That's fucking genius, bro. Oh, man. A little drizzly bear action. Bro. Because yeah, I, I really want to, and I think I've talked to you about this before. I've I talked to a lot of people about this. I really want to be, like, hang out with a king cobra. Like a full-grown grown king cobra oh shit okay i want to swim with a great white dang so badly i want to swim with a great white yeah and i want to i want to be around a tiger what kind of tiger again um any tiger i think it'd be cool to be around like a sumatran because they're pretty small and they're well when i say pretty small they're still a tiger (laughs) yeah yeah but they're small for a tiger when you think of siberian tigers and stuff like that they're they're much smaller than their other tiger friends. They're the smallest non-extinct tiger. Hmm. Uh, but they are. They're not doing super well hmm. as a as a group of animals. They're they're pretty close to not being in existence anymore. Damn. But I think those would be so cool. But those those are also just my favorite animals. I thought your favorite animal was the that Arctic tiger. I don't know. I, th- I always Siberian thought there was. Tiger? Yeah, I thought there was. A, I thought you liked the white tigers. I don't know why. White tigers are cool. Um, I I wouldn't say that I like white tigers because most of the white tigers we see are uh, bred that way through inbreeding. Mm. Um, there's of course going to be some out yeah, there, yeah, because it is a naturally selective process that has led them to that to be a thing, but. I think most of the white tigers you see are forced into becoming white tigers and they'll also have some other problems. Uh, You'll see them with, uh, sometimes their faces look a little bit weird. That's because of selective breeding. 
So I just like I just like tigers in nature. Tigers that okay. haven't been bred to be in captivity. Tigers that aren't filled with freaking tranquilizers so people yeah. can pet them. <laughs> yeah. Like those really annoy me when, when I see people petting tigers. And they're like, oh, I got to pet this tiger. They were so nice. Yeah, they were nice because they're pumped full of drugs. I'm sorry. Sorry to break it to you. Damn. Uh, I don't like those tiger farms. I don't like that stuff. Bro, Tiger King. I never watched that. Good. Well, I watched the, the first episode, it was and I really, terrible, yeah. really, really hated how the cats were being treated. Oh, you would have hated the rest of the show. That is a bear. Like the entire point was that uh, everyone just wanted to like. We all watched it. Yeah, the the Tiger King guy is funny, but then well, I think another humongous takeaway that we all watched was you either went in there like, "Wow, there's a lot of fucking tigers in America." I didn't think there was this many tigers, and then then the thought comes in of like, they are. All treated terribly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the statistic is there's more tigers in captivity in Texas than there are tigers alive in their wild natural habitat. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Tigers could end up being something that is only only in captivity. Wow. Through like hunting and stuff. But I really love tigers. I've loved tigers since I was a little kid. They're like my favorite animal. Yeah, which is ironic that I don't like cats. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't, I don't like small cats for some reason. Yeah, I like big cats. Have you seen the? Uh, I don't know if you followed them, but uh, I do. There's like a family that they have a pet. Um, it was a jaguar, a big black cat, and uh, they have they have a pet uh, black kitty, and they also have a big old dog. I think it's like a like a not a Rottweiler. Yeah, I think about a Rottweiler, um, and they grew up together. And so this this puma, or I think it's a puma, I don't know, but it's uh, it'll just act like a dog sometimes, and they'll just play in the in the snow together. It's the cutest thing ever because the 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 giant cat never uses its claws on him. It loves the pupper, uh, and so then it it'll just like they'll take it out hunting and stuff. But then you just see like them sitting in the snow, and the and the giant black cat's just tired of shit, chilling with the Rottweiler, just exhausted. It I think it's still a kitten. It looks very small. I don't I don't think they are that small. But, um, yeah, and it's just kind of cool. I, I think the thing is saying, like, they're, I mostly see them outside. So I do believe it is being either trained for release or I forget what that is. But it, I, I thought that it was being trained to be let go. Um, I don't know what their intention is. But it's just really pretty to see, like, because the dog will run by and, and the cat will just, like, jump on it like it's going to kill it. And then all of a sudden it just, like, tackles it. And you're like, damn. Yeah. I mean, they do that with their siblings and stuff too so that they can learn how to that's what they're doing they're learning how to hunt almost yeah right like play yeah playing is just hunting without the death part yeah yeah just hanging out and doing their thing (laughs) there there's a cheetah cheetahs okay are hot very stressed animals like they they have a hard time in any situation so in zoos when there's like baby cheetahs yeah they're they're just struggling they bring in, um, they bring in like a, emotional help dogs. So a lot of times in zoos, when a when a cheetah is growing up, you'll see like a golden retriever with them, Aww. just hanging out, and it, it helps the cheetah not be too stressed out. To what are they stressing about? What are they doing? Just stressing. Well, they're in a zoo. Uh, yeah, no. So they're yeah. pretty stressed out. Oh, poor pretty little stressed ones. out about like life and not being able to run everywhere, and people are just staring at them and. All that, so they get really, really stressed out. So they they bring in little dogs, and the dogs grow up with them. And <laughs> the dogs, 
That's adorable. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. I just, I really like animals. Yeah, dude. Animals are cool. They are. Yeah. I, uh, I will say, I think it, it, the, it amazes me that sometimes the usefulness of dogs or the, uh, a dog's love just like tossed into random situations like a, um, uh, say a, a, a vet that's coming back, having some hard times, they'll be offered, they'll be like, Hey, you should get a dog. It'll give you something to care about an animal. That's a little, a, 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 a vicious killing machine that is born and bred to kill. It's a little stressed out. So give him a dog. And it helps. Born and bred to kill. Dude, born and bred to survive. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> but just give them a dog. And dogs, dog has no idea what the fuck's going on. They're just oh, like, the dog's just like, let's have a good time. Yeah, dude. I just want to play around a little bit. Apparently when I was younger, my mom holds this to like, every, like to this day. When I was younger, I said, uh, there was like a bunch of cows. And at one point she saw the cows. I, would, uh, I was driving by the cows and I said, look at them cows. They don't know nothing. And my mom was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. They just look like they don't know nothing. They're just eating and living their life. And apparently, like, years and years later, my mom was in Ireland, and she walked out of this castle, and a, and a cow just walked up to the entrance, and she was just fucking two feet from a cow. And she was like, huh. And then it's just sitting there looking at her, chewing some grass. And she just, like, goes and pits its nose, and she's like, I think my son is right. I don't think you know nothing. And so now, like, my whole family, every time they see cows... We just look at them and we're like, you don't know. There's nothing going on. <laughs> Bro, I'm going to be honest. Cows be scary sometimes. Are they? I was going to go fishing with my friend. Well, I did go fishing with my friends. And we had to walk through a cow farm mm-hmm. on the way there, which is really weird to say now. That yes. we just walked through some, because that has to be somebody's property. Yeah. And I saw a calf, like a little baby cow. Okay. With my friend. And my friend and I like, we got to pet it. Yeah. And we didn't think anything of it. We were just like, that's a cute little thing. We're going to go pet it. And the rest of the cows were there. So when we started walking up to that calf, the calf looked up and was like, like, (laughs) as calves do. All of the cows were like, you guys have to die now. (laughs) What? And they're just fucking coming after us. And we're like, just running from these cows. Bro, I was so scared. It's one of the scaredest moments of my life. Bro. Dude, all the cows, they come together to protect their own. I would shit bricks. Yeah. Damn. Oh, you don't mess with a calf when all the cows are around. (laughs) Dude. Because that cow sends out one distress signal, (laughs) and the rest of the super friends are just ready to come after you. Dude, what a unit. Yeah. Damn. They're just like giant beasts. Yeah. Giant beasts of ours. (laughs) That make damn good meat. Oh, dude. Most giant beasts. Oh. I get sucked down a giant beast. Oh, Don't I, take I, that out of context. I, yeah. Don't take that uh, out of context. Dang, bro. <laughs> Holy cow. All right, I think we're going to get into the, the show, the giant beasts of, of ours. Ooh. I'm assuming ours is the planet. Uh. It's not ours. <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> this giant beast of ours? Yeah. God damn, bro. I'll be packing, son. Uh, it looks talking like, about their dick. Yeah, dude. No, but it's of ours. So it's like the entire group of dudes has one that they pass around. Oh, okay. It's a giant beast of ours. Damn. Jim's got it today. Oh. Yeah. Dude, it'd be cool if you could unhinge it. Or like you could put it set it aside for the day when you didn't especially when you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're in high school, just to avoid some embarrassing moments. You're just like, I'm gonna leave it in the room today. Yeah. 
because I don't want to get a rager while I'm in math class. <laughs> Dude, I, I never knew. I never knew I equals the square root of negative one could just make me smack the bottom of my desk. But apparently it does. All right, we're getting into this anime. Damn, he killed that lady. <laughs> she Damn. became his hair. Damn. Oh, it's a funky one, bro. I wasn't expecting the funk. I didn't expect the funk either. Oh, look at her just sucking down food. Look at him. Oh, oh. He's still alive. He was still alive, bro. Okay, okay. He was still alive. Oh, my God. He's so upset. He can regrow, so he'll be fine. Oh, my God. Little octopus. The little runaway. I'm sorry. Did she ransack for the food? Let's she go. Needed some, she needed some chicken legs. She just shakes off like a dog. I have to do the dog sound too. <laughs> he, just, he just lights that tunnel up. <laughs> Bro, I'm taking out any spot that looks like somebody could hide in it. <laughs> I didn't expect the the munching or crunching. He got some strong teeth. Dude just took down some crystals, bro. <laughs> like they were rock candy. Damn. Pretty sure, by the way, as an adult, if I took if I took a bite of rock candy, I don't think I would have teeth. Bro, I don't, it, does rock candy exist outside the imagination of children? <laughs> uh, looks like it's the, it, uh, here we are. Uh, it drains the life of the chosen one. And oh, no. It one hundred percent chose her. I immediately think he's going to win the fight now. <laughs> dude, if I'm, if I'm up on the wall and dude jumps off and starts running down the wall. Do I know this band? Yeah, I swear I know this song, dude. I think it's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. What I'm thinking It sounds of? very much like a Red Hot Chili Pepper yeah, song. Black Bandana. Yeah. Sweet Louisiana. Damn. We're thinking of the same song. Yeah, it, yeah. it has to sound like it because we're thinking of the same song. <laughs> yeah, did he drug the entire fucking bar? <laughs> no, dude, they just get they just turn up at this place. <laughs> it's just how, it's how bars are in this in this area. Right where you're sitting, bro. You're just down. That guy just wants to go home. Oh, he's so close to to just quitting. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh. Oh shit. <coughs> Stop shooting her, guys. Nice. Jesus, guys. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> guys, we've established the arrows didn't do anything in the beginning and aren't doing anything now. Just a hug. Dude, that's all you need sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> bro. That's all you need sometimes, bro. God damn. Put this on the playlist. <laughs> Dude, make this my alarm clock in the morning. <coughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what's going on in this show. But I want to know what's going on in this Dude, show. Dude, I want to know so bad. I, I heard somebody talking about this show a little bit. Okay. And they showed some clips of it. And they were like, oh, it's Attack on Titan. 
Okay. And the only thing that's Attack on Titan esque is the a hand came over a wall, and the beast was big. Yeah, the beasts are big. That's yeah. it. That's like saying anything that has ever had a big beast in it is Attack on Titan. That is like every anime at some point. Yes. Yeah. But also, Attack on Titan obviously wouldn't have been the first either. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like okay. Now I'm gonna watch an anime from the '80s with big beasts. It's like Attack on Titan ripoff. <laughs> Attack on Titan. What the fuck <laughs> is Attack on Titan? Uh, wait, it's gonna be big. Pro, you guys, you obviously don't know this, but your kids are going to love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mar, this dude. was this was dope. Uh, I'm not a hundred, like, it, it set it up as a, we're just going to make you want to see what it, it's about. Yep. We're not going to let you know what it's about at all mm -hmm. for this first episode. We just want this first episode to be, here's a few characters to intrigue you. And something's going to happen right at the end to make you be like, God damn it, I got to go for the three rule. I have to watch three episodes yeah. to know what's happening. Absolutely. What a what a fun way, too, to introduce, uh, introduce the characters by all kind of meeting each other. Yeah, especially because the little girl, 22, slash uh, Kumi. Yeah, Kiyumi. She, uh, it was just K-U-M-I, bro. I thought it's K-U-U-M-I. No, K-U-M-I. Well, at least that's what they wrote in the subtitles. I think the one girl. So it does say it does say K U U on this, but well, that's so in the subtitles it said just K U. Yeah. So what I think it was. Um, so she meets the lady who helps her get out of the dresser, and her name was Kumi. Yeah, but she also when she introduced herself to him. Yeah. Oh. It was still K U M I. All right. Well, the then I'm blaming high dive. There, they fucked that up. K U M I the twenty second. Okay. Is that what is that what double? I thought double U's just meant elongated U. Oh. Oh, there was just a longer ooh, because it'd be K-Y-U-M-I, right? If it was Q-Me? Oh, yeah. All right, fine. Q I have no idea. Dude, I don't fucking know. You think I speak Japanese? I'm just saying, dude. I, I'm, I'm scared to call her Kum. But, well, yeah, that one chick said she was she was Kumi, the, like, invigorated or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> you <laughs> you should not be talking about it like that. People walking down the street be like, damn, what's up, Kumi? Yeah, Kumi, uh, uh, the rubber or something like All that. Right, got, mm. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was cool because I don't... I think that she is an integral part of the... what the character this, this dude is going to be. Yes. We're introduced to her first, but I think he will be the main character. Yeah, I it feel that way as well. It's what it feels like to me. Like, she's the main character of this episode, but I think he's the main character of the show. Okay, yeah, I feel that as well. I, I agree. Especially with how they introduced him meeting everybody. It's like everybody ran into him. Yeah. Because it was his story that is being, I guess, pushed along. Yeah, we're getting all the different... He's walking by and sees another main character. Like he keeps he keeps seeing them for some reason. Yeah, uh, and that's the that's almost the fate, like the fatum, showing itself. Okay. There's there's going to be some massive thing in this fantastical world, and there's a lot of times when you're watching anime when you're reading books, watching movies or something, and there's the the question that comes up where how come everything just fits into place? Like, you, you needed this thing and it just ended up in your hands. Yeah. I don't think that this is doing that necessarily. Okay. 
because there's always that question in your mind of uh, this. Well, somebody will ask that. Well, everything just just works out for them. How come? How come the person we're following is the one that lived through the war? Is like the only one. It's like that's why we're following. Yeah, them. that's that's the whole reason we're following them. Yeah, with the story. That's why this is their story. Yeah, not the person who died in the beginning in the, yeah. in the war. Yeah. The only time that that starts to fall on its face a little bit, and you can you can talk about this with Lord of the Rings too, uh, is Aragorn always lives. Okay. Right. So the the more times the person is the old, the one that lives, the more times you're like, all right. <laughs> so they're just always like they just they get plot armor. Yeah. But with the fates of everybody coming into contact with this dude. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's a fantastical, the fates are aligning for this, not as a deus ex machina, but as a, this is what needs to happen, and the world is accounting for it so that humanity can exist in the future and stop this blight. Yes. Agreed. Like, that's what that's what it seems like to me, and I'll totally let that happen in a fantasy world in this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I also love the, the added element. Where the the beginning the beginning dude we met, he seemed very dutiful, um, very intense, and when he used the magic from the other girl, um, he had a really cool power. Seemed you know ice and all that, but then we meet Jiro. Uh, uh, Jiro, yeah, the Giro. already dead. Yeah, Jiro. He uh, he is such uh, an opposite of the, of the character we've already met. So we've established the role uh, of what he had. Uh, like that kind of knight, and uh, he has powers and all that. But it, I, I do, I do love a good, uh, already broken protagonist. That's always, not always. That's that's often a very good time. Uh, I feel like it's very kind of not relatable, but um, we can relate to the sadness. I think. And we find and we love to see an already broken hero. There's, there's something very magical about that feeling. And I think they did a really good job of showing uh, Jiro just kind of really just just kind of passing by life at this point. Just kind of doing whatever he can to get food or drink. And then he just chills and waits for another job. I also think in terms of a plot device, like what you're saying, he's already broken. Yeah. Um, it's a It's a cool way to do the... You know how you'll see a show and the character, the main character, is is a dickhead. It's like, I don't like this person. And you can argue that, well, you shouldn't necessarily like them now. And they're annoying now because they need a place to grow into. Yeah, That can be done well or poorly. I'm not saying that a character should always be awful. Because sometimes it's just, you're insufferable and I can't stand you. Yeah. In this, in this way of going about it, already been broken... And we get hints of that. He used to be a hero. Mm-hmm. He's broken down. So he has a character arc to grow to. But we're not going to hate him because we empathize with something that happened to him. His his previous magical I don't know, assistant thing Yeah, obviously went through the ringer yeah. and most likely died. And that puts him in that state of the already dead. Yeah. So instead of having the character be something that is insufferable for us, just because that's who the character is to allow them to grow. He was most most likely, and in our heads, what we can surmise is that he was a great person. Mm-hmm. 
lost something that meant the world to him and now he's dead yes now he's dead to the world now he kind of cold shoulders but he still jumps off the wall to save the guy yeah he still does those little things yeah because he's still you can take the uh you can take the what is it uh tiger out of the jungle but you can't take the jungle out of the tiger kind of situation like he was a hero that's who he was i'm sure that was um, uh, that was took up most of his life and then he lost a humongous part of him i'm sure and that caused him to now be the already dead but deep down he he why did he get into that you know why why was he a hero for so long yep and it's like we we allow the character to have room to grow but we also allow the the audience to sympathize and empathize with the character and not have to think of them as a bad person Yes. Even if he does bad things, we can look at it from a standpoint of we know something has hurt you. And like you said, uh, we can, a, as an audience, we can relate to something. So we've all had something horrible happen in our lives and we don't want to be judged by the worst moment that comes from us because of our hurt. Yeah. So if he does bad things, if he isn't out there to help people, if he's not being the hero that we think he should be, we can think to ourselves I wouldn't have been if I lost something Uh, so I think that's actually a cool way of allowing the character to have faults to grow from while also allowing the audience to not dislike them because of those character flaws yeah I think there's a um, I think I've said this before in an episode a long time ago Um, I've seen a a very big uh not resurgence, but a um, a pop up of of that type of character, especially paired with an innocent young child, because uh, I feel like that is a perfect kind of contrast to uh, the idea that you know the character is is often a male who who lost someone significant to him and then became like gristled and hardened and. Um, not downtrodden, but definitely uh, a, a much grimmer view on life. Uh, yeah, they've been beat. Yeah, exactly. They've been all, they're already dead. And then this innocent pair of eyes comes in and through naivety, they want to make these mistakes. They want to do these things. They want to help these people because they haven't been hurt. They don't know what costs and all that. And then there's there's this double added element where you get to now watch him. Of co- you can't. You can only stay stay stubborn so long until that fucking uh, enjoyment of life rubs off on you a little bit, and you know it's coming. Where they're going to learn, or the the younger one is going to learn the the truth about why he, uh, why he's been hardened. Life will beat you down, no matter how perfect and adorable and cute you are. Life will come at you hard. And so you know it's going to happen. You know they're going to share the experiences and grow together. These characters are going to influence each other. And I've seen it with The Last of Us, the game, the show. Um, uh, I've seen it with uh, God of War. Uh, it, like the amount of times the Mandalorian. Um, and so the amount of times I now see like these these character types. It's it's a really dope character type. I think it it allows for a very fun, interesting way of viewing the world, but also. Uh, having a sad element because if if you just had one of those um it it not that they couldn't stand alone because I, I i do believe that they could if you created the character correctly but uh, i think you'd be doing a disservice to the relationship of 
making a character grow. I think it's big to allow the growth of characters like you're talking about. And that's such an, that's such a cool relationship that allows each of them to learn from each other Hmm. because one is naive and one is overly broken. Their story has to converge in a point where they have learned from each other and kind of through homeostasis become a similar entity. Yes. So they're, what they feel with the world around them and how they speak to each other and how they interpret that yeah. allows them to tell a good story just in their relationship, but that story of their relationship is a reflection of the world. Hmm. It, it's such a... I don't want to say easy because it's not easy to pull off relationships like this in writing, but it's such a great gripping style to give to somebody because I think we can all relate to someone teaching us. Yes. Yeah. And because they're so diametrically opposed, they they have to teach each other. Yeah. And they have to learn from each other. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, I mean, and then this anime also had a, uh, uh, I, I do like uh, Kumi, Kumi that, uh, when she when she jumps up and she seems like she just escaped a prison or uh, an experimental facility, and she might be putting on a face, but regardless, her her want to explore and try new things seems very genuine, and she seems fucking adorable. Her little like she just escaped from a prison, jumped out of a a massive. Uh, uh, she castle. dropped like 30 stories into the ocean. Yeah, and they were pointing like bows and crossbows at her. Like they were ready to ready to kill her. And she jumps out, jump, uh, jumps up on shore to a guy who's not gonna help her. And she couldn't care less. She's just, hi, dashes away, goes to get some food, meets a lady, gets a new dress, has a wonderful time, goes to the market, buys some shit. Like she's just, she's just having a wonderful time. She's like just like a kid with a fucking pocket full of money. It's a great time. Yeah, and she's also as I assume, since she's experiment twenty two. Yeah, she either never had a life outside of that facility, or barely had a life outside of that facility, or doesn't remember a life outside of that facility. Yeah, for sure. So everything is new to her. Mm. Walking around, every sight, every type of food, every person, is a new thing, and that really helps with the I just want to see the sights I just yeah. want to understand the world around me yeah and because like again like going back to that that super fun aspect it just just think of it this way from from yeah, now the gristled man's perspective because uh, Jiro is going to of course he's you know he's I'm sure this relationship will blossom a little bit these characters will have to interact with each other these are these are the two main characters of the show and so there's this element that it's like you know it's like you know uh, he's been hurt he doesn't really care the only thing he wants to do is just quiet down and eat and go, die somewhere and never be bothered but then imagine you know you have this feeling you've, you've experienced this loss you know food doesn't taste good anymore drink means nothing uh, whatever you're down you're dumb sustenance only exactly but then you're sitting there with this little one and she lights up like the 4th of July at this food she's never had and and you're sitting there you're trying to be hard you're but you see her and you're you're like all right let's get the food 
Like I want you got to experience it. Like you got to try it. It's pretty good. Now you're slow. You can't help it. You're growing because there's. I think especially with the fact that he was a hero, we saw him. This man run down a wall in front of this massive beast. There is still a, a good essence to him. Yeah. And so I well, think she's definitely. Even the fact that he showed up. To that's that, true. To that peace fight. He was just walking through the town. Yeah. And he was walking toward it. Yeah. When somebody was like, are you doing the thing for the fight? Uh, how much money is it? Yeah. Well, you're already on your way, bro. We, yeah. you, you already showed your hand a little bit that yep. you're on your way there. And it's little things. I know that this show on Mal uh, had like a 6.8 or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I read but, the reviews. One of the first ones was a fucking one. And to each his own. Yeah. And I, we've only watched the first episode. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's also, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> but there's little things that were planned out that as of right now seems like a bunch of, uh, a form of planning went into it with how the how we interact with the girl, where she came from, and we get an understanding of who she is and what she knows just based on the evidence around, not because she said anything. We get an idea of who this guy is because of his walking direction to help with this fight, even though he's acting like he's not going to help with the fight. Yeah. His blase attitude, even though that's not how he's actually acting. Mm. The already dead that's not fighting against the person who's saying that that's a terrible name. <laughs> uh, we're, we're learning so much about the characters, and there's so much setup that's being done with them. The world aside... Because we know it's going to be a bunch of giant beasts. Mm. And that can just be a whatever fantasy thing. Yep. Giant beasts to fight. But that's... that's And it, this is a me thing. I care more about the characters. I do love story. I do love world building. Mm -hmm. Especially in books. World building is probably one of my favorite things. But in a visual medium like this, I love just the moments of... I understand so much about this dude, not because he told me what he was, mm. not because somebody said in a voiceover, uh, years ago, <laughs> the the one that he loved was actually his Esper, and she died in front of him, and he hasn't been able to feel the same way since. Yep. No, I know that that's how he feels, because I was gifted the visuals of it, and I was given his his demeanor. Yeah. So at least from the first episode, those storytelling elements have already been set up. And I would watch more of the show strictly from the perspective of somebody cared enough to do those. Yeah. Somebody cared enough to set up the situation where the girl just takes the first name she heard. Yeah. And I learned so much about her because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was totally willing to just go sleep at a stranger's house because they were nice to her. Yes. Yep. So I learned so much about the characters and a fair bit, an all right amount about the world so far. Yeah. But yeah. the characters are what really hit for me. Hmm. I, I, I like that as well. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the, the, the slow introduction as well of the, uh, like I, I, uh, pass, passing by kind of said it, uh, the, um, it, possibly an Evangelion feeling as well, which I actually, this isn't 
Can you explain? Yeah. Because I was a little bit, I was a little bit confused about the Evangelion feeling. So, uh, what I, what when I, just to give you the example of what kickstarted the feeling, and then I'll explain the feeling. Yeah. Um, she was uh, that they were seemed to be kind of scolding her in the courtroom, uh, kind of giving her like a no. This is not how we're going to do things. Uh, I, I, they were kind of going kind of fast. And I wasn't. I was also trying to check and in the scenery. You were talking about when they were in that tower thing, and there was the person sitting at the throne. And it yeah, and there was evil. a bunch of the girls with the masks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're scolding that. Uh, I'm assuming royal person. She seemed of royal birth or some form of nobility. The blonde girl, and they were kind of scolding her. It seemed definitely like a no. This is not how we're going to do these things. We're fine. Everything's fine. We'll deal with things how they come. Shut up. And then on her way out, she was explaining to her to her helper. She was like, "They don't get it. Things are going to get much worse. They are, have already been like, w- I think three times more giant sightings than there have ever been this year." So she seems frantically terrified. So my first thought was an Evangelion feeling where where Shinji first joins up. He's like, "All right, cool. I'll help fight the monsters." And then the shit arises where they're like, "Holy shit!" Two at once. Three at one. They've never been this one this big. These are getting way worse. I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm blown away that you call it an Evangelion and not Pacific Rim. I know. As I was saying it, I was like, "This is better." It would be way better described as a Pacific Rim. But I think I I don't know about better described, but uh, just because I know stuff that you like. Yeah. So like this feels like it feels like a tage. (laughs) This is like Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was trying to go for anime, bro, and not action movie. Um. What is anime if not it's fair. an action movie? It's fair. Um, but so, yeah, and so I, I felt like there, the, I will commend uh, that feeling of Evangelion because I, I will admit, I think Evangelion was pretty good to a point. I think we both were really into Evangelion. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. There's there's a pretty big it's like that like that billboard of like where do you draw the line of eating animals? Oh, and it's like right there. The one like, that has <laughs> it has nine animals on it and six of them are just cats and dogs. And you're like, You stacked a deck. <laughs> yeah, dude. What are you talking about? Also, I would tuck into a horse. Yeah, dude, don't tempt me, bro. <laughs> But yeah, and so I, uh, it's kind of like that. And so there's just a moment where I was like, all right, that's, that's Dunyan rings for me now. But, uh, this felt like, uh, just that little passerby kind of feeling of like, things are going to get worse. And I'm like, Ooh, so that means that this monster situation is going to get worse or bigger, especially from the intro. We saw things with wings with giant crystals in the center that looked sick. So now think of the chess pieces laid out in front of you or the, the, not the chess pieces. Cause then. I don't know. Look at the pieces in front of you. And it's, uh, you got the, the, the main character, which is, uh, uh, Jiro. 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 He's, uh, an exiled or hurt knight, which I'm assuming it was like probably self exile. Okay. Yeah. All right. Self exile, but I'm assuming was fantastic at his job. Crushed it. And probably wouldn't have quit had that loss not taken him pretty heavily. So I'm assuming. But then we also have this new girl who is a unbridled source of power that atomized people because they she wasn't even she wasn't even didn't even know she did it. She just kind of was like, ah, and then two men got Thanos. So they are gone. So now we have this massive source of power and here comes the giants. So we have this meeting of all of these main characters and this rising of of terror and fear. So it's almost like another good analogy would be like Avatar. 
It's like, listen, girl, it sucks, but the you're going to need to learn. Yeah, you're going to need to learn a lot quick because I have a feeling things are going to start ramping up fast. So it, it it made me feel kind of like, ooh, like excited. I know you you like more of the character feeling, but I also like that kind of overall looming feeling of like, rise to the challenge. I think these characters can do it. And it like, that, that little intro of like, uh, outro of like, tune in next episode. And we just saw fucking Jiro super sand out with the hair. I was like, oh. Yeah, and I also believe that he couldn't keep going. Oh. Because when she unlocked her power, his weapon that is connected to that power yeah. started to glow. I think oh, okay. I think that's why he's not even walking around with that weapon. It is that's inert. right, he's not. It is inert until there is the esper, the the spirit, the thing that, that would connects. be connected to it. Yeah, it's not just like, hey, are you an esper? Jump in my weapon real quick. It probably has to be a specific type that bonds with yeah. your weapon. Because that blonde girl with the, the council, yeah. I think the little girl that was with her was her esper. I think she is oh. one of the guardians. I think she's one of those defenders. Oh, that's cool. So that he saw her, he saw the little girl, yeah, uh, twenty two, yeah, and immediately brought him to his old. I keep saying Esper. I don't know what they are. No, I like that Esper kind of um, fits for right now. Brought to his old Esper because she has the power, and he called out the name. Yeah, yeah. She she has that same power that his did. Yeah. And that awoke his weapon. Mm. So I think he also, even if he wanted to, he couldn't continue to be that guardian because he no longer had the thing that gave him the magical powers. Mm. And now it's back. Okay. But it still has to do exactly what you said. It has. He has to be able to ramp up quickly. And that's the good thing is he's already, he's already uh, used to it. Mm-hmm. he's already a warrior through that. So he, once again, as the grizzled veteran and the uh, uh, the starshine child, <laughs> it's not just an emotional learning experience. He can help kickstart her in this world as part of that guardianship. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. It, I mean, it seemed very like... This is another one of those that I was like, damn it, the episode ended. Yeah. I want to see that fight. I wanted to see them fight that thing. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I want to see him just go up and, like, fucking Kyle Ken times 10 that thing. I'm excited to see if not only the amount of giants is changing drastically, but if the type, the the battle prowess of the giants is yeah. changing. Because the one that they first fought, I don't know if this was in the past or in the future or what, the one that they were first fighting that the dude used Shiva to fight and kill. <laughs> yeah. That thing had a similar stance and was not an animal that we know. Yes. To the headless thing that they were fighting. Mm-hmm. But the the giant beast that they fought in between those two that seemed like just normal people could fight it and they didn't have to worry yeah. was just a pig. Yep. It did a few extra things. But it was a, a, just a pig with more steps. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the giants themselves are becoming unfightable for the normal person. Yeah. yeah. Which would also be cool because then it forces them to need these guardians with extra power. Yes. Agreed.
You good. And I think I'm going to get into the Joe toes on this one a little bit. Perfect. Let's do this. And this is more of a, this is something that I really, that I gravitate towards in fantasy. Uh, magic systems. Oh. Because there, and, and there can be magic systems in a story that aren't fleshed out. And I just know that that's not necessarily the part of the story. The magic system isn't the thing that we need to focus on. We need to focus on the characters. We need to focus on the world, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when there is a hard magic system that is created, I adore it. The Mistborn series has a magic system that is so well realized, I feel. They have different types of metals, different types of alloy. And when you, well, if you are an allomancer is what they call it, what they're called. If you're an allomancer, then there's this the specific alloy that you ingest, and then through that you can do uh, types of magic. Okay. But a mistborn themselves can do all of it with all the different alloys. So you have to have it on you. You have to ingest it. It also has to be. It's kind of like drugs to an extent. Okay. They have to be pure. The purer they are, the better your magic can be. Okay. So some of them will pretty much create a mist that disallows other people from checking who has the magic. Some people take it down and they can see who is using allomancy. So you almost have to chessboard it. If we're going to do some big thing, we have to have the person who can stop people from checking, but we also have to have the person that will check before they stop from checking so we know if any bad guys are doing stuff. Okay. Um, And then some of them pretty much allow you to push and pull metals themselves which Mm. allows you to jump or stop yourself from a massive fall it's a well-realized magic system this i was excited to and it's just the very beginnings but i was excited to see what magic system they're using because it felt like especially reading it that it will be at least a bit about the magic system yeah about how that system works and about why it works. Yeah, especially with that little, um, I did not expect that really cool kind of meeting of them within each other's minds. I assume it was in their minds. And I feel like that's going to be a great place for him to give explanations to her through teaching her. Um, and so I feel like uh, it, if they do go very in-depth with how the magic works, which I assume it will because of, uh, she, was ex- she was outputting a lot of power. And I, I bet she probably is, he's probably going to need to be like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how to tone that down a wee bit, and di- dial it out when I need it in the battle. So she's gonna have to learn about how the mechanics work, how they uh, how how you can't just throw energy at something and hope it works. Uh, yeah. And one of the cool things to me is because this is a, it, I immediately thought of, and I know uh, right now all I've been talking about is Brandon Sanderson. Because okay. Miss Bourne is Brandon Sanderson, but also Stormlight Archives is Brandon Sanderson, and he just makes really great. I believe he makes some of the best magic systems out there, fantasy book wise today. When they were talking about the giants themselves, so one of the reasons why they're hunted, one of the reasons why groups of people kill these giants is because those crystals come from the the giants. Those motes of power come from the giants. Okay. So after they kill them, they can then harvest that. But they said that the council, the the biggest group, the the high echelon people in society, when a giant is felled, 
they get the the heart crystal or they get the the main piece that keeps that giant going. Damn. So they already, no matter what, they have free reign to take that and then everyone else can fight over the smaller bits. Oh, okay. So that's also, to me, part of that magic system. Those things are some type of magical thing that forms the giant or the giant needs it as its heart, its fueling source. Yeah. And that, as the magical system, apparently, uh, I think, helps the world keep the fire on, helps the world cook, helps the world do all those things. Yeah. Um, So I'm just really excited to see the intricacies that they've created. I agree. Through that. I was trying to think of uh, when you say that, I'm like my first thought is to try to go through examples I know that have uh, flushed out systems. I feel like one of the most ones, uh, one of the most flushed out ones that I can think of, at least at the beginning stages, was Naruto. Like early Naruto, not Shippuden. Early Naruto, they spent so long trying to teach each other how to control chakra, how chakra works. If you do too much, you you overdo it, and then you fall over. And you do too little, and then you don't cling to the tree, so you got to climb up the tree with exactly the right amount. You have to push and pull, and and Kakashi would explain it through that terms and stuff. And then I I I think that at least whether I understood it or not, I feel like it was definitely explained well. And it was, it seemed like the, the creators had a firm grasp on it, which I see what now what you mean is like when the creator, it's like fun when the creator uh, of the, of the story makes this, these rules, then you get to play in them. And because they're set up and because they're made, you can either play in them and stick to them all you want. And then you could later on, if the, if the story progresses, you get characters that break them. Like uh, Madara, Ma- or or characters like unfathomably scary. You're like, oh my god! Like, they, you know, they've never need like they have more chakra than you could ever imagine. And you're like, no way, it's not possible. And that's the whole point of the characters that now you have to rise up and be with the rules that you've laid out, even though someone's breaking the rules. And it's 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 it is intricate. And I can see how that can play such a fun element. Whereas, I wouldn't say Dragon Ball Z follows that rule. I think that they might have in the in the beginning of Dragon Ball. I never watched it, but um, no, never watched all of it. I, I would say that Dragon Ball isn't like I was saying early. Mm-hmm. There, there are stories that will focus on the system, and okay. there are stories that just say we have a system. Okay, but that's not the focus. Yeah, I don't think Dragon Ball is wanting that to be the focus. Is wanting key to be the focus? Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so like they don't even they don't really explain it. The closest thing you get to an explanation is when Gohan is trying to teach Videl how to fly. That's what I was thinking too. That's yeah. like the closest tidbit you get to it, but it doesn't really explain anything. He pretty much says no. sit there and focus on bringing the energy to your center between your hands. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would I wouldn't call Dragon Ball Z having a a magic system or a fleshed out hard magic system. Okay, it's more of a. There is a this ethereal thing yeah. that we'll call like ki or chi, and that is what is used for Kaioken. That is what is used to to do uh, Super Saiyan because these people are Saiyans from a different world. Yes. So they're different from people, from humans. Um, so that would be like a, a very loose, soft magic system. You just mm. don't focus on it. Okay. So, okay. But I do think, especially early Naruto, is more of a hard magic system. Yeah, Naruto, not Naruto Shippuden. Naruto Shippuden, I feel like they'd already set the rules, and then they needed to up the ante from the entirety of Naruto, so they had to kind of 
I think a lot of people started blowing through the window of those rules pretty fast. Yeah. The entire Akatsuki <laughs> just didn't follow <laughs> any of those rules. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a big fan of magic systems. And I even say that as somebody who loves Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings doesn't have a hard, fast magic system. Lord of the Rings doesn't really deal in magic too terribly much, I don't believe. Yeah, it would always, uh, it would definitely always set me when I was younger because then, like, you hear these great tales of the wizards, and I was always like, I don't understand. Like, I thought wizards can, like, wave their hand and solve any problem. Why is Gandalf not doing this? He's just a Maiar. Yeah, and so, like, then I learned. Just more. a Maiar. That's the stupid thing to say, but he's, yeah, he's. Did have you ever seen the interview with uh, uh, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, the um, where he was? They were like Magneto versus uh, Gandalf, who would win? And he laughed. And he was like, "The old man." And they're like, "What?" He's like, "He's a thousand years old. He's I bet you he's got tricks up his sleeves." And it's like, "Okay, Mag- maybe uh, Gandalf's wearing a metal belt. Magneto might be able to take advantage of that for a second, but I promise you, Gandalf probably has a solution." And I was like, "Damn." He was so fast with it. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> uh, Gandalf is pretty much a descendant of the gods. Oh shit. Gandalf is is like a lesser god. Damn. Even the gray. Yeah, he's a Maiar. Oh, I thought like he became powerful. You know, you remember the Balrog? Yes. They're the same type of being. Oh, descendant from gods. They yeah they they are not part of the mortal realm. Oh, they came down from pretty much godly status, just like Sauron. Damn. Yeah, they're not just on the world with pa- with powers. They came to the world with powers. They Shit. are godly beings. Damn. I know. Gandalf took on the white because Sauron, Sauron the white, Sauron was the white. Yeah. But as time went on, you come to realize that Sauron was the was the prismatic. He was white light because he was all the colors. Like he, oh. all the colors of light together makes white. Yeah, um, and that's part of the reason why he fell. Oh, okay. Through power. <laughs> I know very little about Lord of the Rings, but it is it is always very interesting. Lord of the Rings is dope. I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think I'm going to get into my topic. Okay. The Tage's topics. I also lost it. Okay, there it is. Got it. Imagine spending your life crushing training, going hard, living your life, doing your whole ninja way. Then you meet a kid more uh, who has more magic slash power than you've ever been able to muster. Now, you have an obligation to help slash train them. You have it, or you feel you have it. Sorry, continue. Uh, I would say feel that you have it. Um, but uh, uh, then I put no way. Uh, I know it's selfish, but I seriously could not deal with that. I'll I'll never forget what Kakashi said to Naruto. There'll always be someone younger than you who is stronger than you'll ever be. And I I felt like uh, especially with this kind of seeing. Like, uh, you know, um, Jiro jumps up and sees this girl, unbridled magic just billowing from her. Regardless, I don't know how the magic system works between the wielder and the and the uh, the magic source, but that would still piss me off. You know, like, you know, imagine like you jump up and you look over. You're like, dude, I've been doing this forever. And this girl has more magic than I've ever seen. She's 
12. What have I been doing? It would yeah. it would bum me out so much, and I feel like there's this level that like um, that there it's almost expected. It's like oh well, if you know you have to you get you got to help her become better. It's like okay, well also fuck that though. Yeah, I think this one's just a little different because I know he, I, I I wrote it and had no idea. Yeah, because he just her strength is going to from his, what I've seen yeah. her strength is going to be his. Yeah, uh, because he's a wielder of it, but. I understand where you're coming from, and it's something that I think about uh, when it comes to football. This isn't necessarily going to be magic, but when it comes to football, it annoys me when people say that the old head, like the old quarterback, the quarterback that's in his late stages, is obligated to help their replacement. When When somebody drafts their new quarterback, the quarterback of the future, they'll call them. Especially with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers, they they drafted a young quarterback. And people were like um, asking him about teaching the kid how to be a better quarterback. And one thing that happened to Aaron Rodgers when he was young was Brett Favre refused to help him. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, it's so mean. And then people just, because people hate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He's one of my favorite players. People hate Aaron Rodgers and they just decided that there's no way he'd ever help that kid. And he doesn't, he doesn't really talk about it. Yeah. He's not going to be like, I'm helping him, and he's not going to say he's not helping him. But people are like, what a piece of shit. He's probably not going to help him at all. And I never understood that as a thought process. Because you know what I'm not going to do when I'm in my business? Help the person to replace me. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my hardest to always be the number one guy. Yeah. And you can figure it out, bro. <laughs> and like at a certain point when I know that it's pretty much done for me. Yeah. Then I'll give tips and tricks and I'll be like, I'm already out on the outs. Yeah. I'm already done. I'll give you I'll give you what I can now. Mm-hmm. But that's also up to the person. And I don't think it's I don't think it is against anybody to say no. Like I had to figure everything out rough and tumble myself. Yeah. And I really, I, I'm going to go off into the sunset for me right now because I worked really hard <laughs> yeah. to get to where I am. I don't want to hold that against anybody. Um, I personally would help out, mm. but that's a personal choice Yeah, uh, because I, I just don't see why I wouldn't. Yeah. But I don't want to ever hold it against somebody to be like, you worked really fucking hard your entire life for this thing and you don't want to help the person that's going to replace you. Cool. That's fine. Yeah, that's just how you feel. Absolutely. I it 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 hurt me when uh, when I heard that from uh, the only example I can think of at the moment is the when Kakashi said those words. But uh, then it just kind of set in with me. I was like, yeah, like I don't I don't feel like there should be the responsibility to that you get that you gotta help the the newer generation or or do all that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I wouldn't. If I was given the opportunity, I can't say that if I was in the situation or if I was in those shoes, I wouldn't, you know, I can't, I can say, be like, no, I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've grown a softer heart when I go up there, but it's the, it's the, it's the expectation that you should is what pisses me off. It's like, dude, I'm not out yet. I'm not gone yet. I can absolutely crush it. Like I'm still here. I'm not out the door. Once I am, if I feel the need to shout it, shout it back in, maybe I do. I had to do it without it. Fuck them. I don't know. Like, also, the funny thing about it is that is a platitude that somebody is saying. The platitude is there will always be somebody younger and better than you. Yeah. 
And if we're speaking in platitudes, then I can say there will always be somebody older and ready to teach. <laughs> yeah. If we're speaking in that manner, yeah. Then if yeah. there's always if there's always somebody younger and better, then ipso facto, there is always somebody older and ready to help. So why do I have to be the guy that does it? I don't think I do. <laughs> yeah. There's always someone, so it ain't me. But I did when I was young. Uh, I heard, and I'm going to butcher it. Oh, no. I heard the phrase that a society grows great when old men plant trees they know they'll never see the shade of. Oh, I lo- I've heard that. I love that. And that, I really loved it when I was growing up, when I heard it. Um, so when I was young, I decided that I wanted to plant those trees even before I got to an age yeah. uh, where I wouldn't see it. I wanted to start planting those trees for the people around me and the generations right up against me, uh, including once I'm older, to continue planting those trees. Yeah. But that is a personal choice. Hmm. And I don't think that anyone should be obligated to do anything that they don't wish to do. Hmm. So I, I would, I would stand next to the person who says, I don't have to fucking teach them. <laughs> and if they're being berated for it, I'll stand next to them and say, they don't have to fucking teach them. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's not their job to do that. If they want to, they can. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, I think this dude's totally going to help her because helping her helps him. Yeah. Again, the, <laughs> like, you're right. I think the situation is a bit different. He has a little bit more of a vested interest because if he does it, then he is able to continue doing his thing. Yeah. Especially if the world is coming to the, to the pits right now. Yeah. They're probably going to need him. And they're probably um, going to form Genie Hunter. You don't get that reference. It's a Soul Eater reference. Damn. But the whole, they are literally, this is Soul Eater as well. It may be Attack on Titan, but it's also Soul Eater because you become the weapon in Soul Eater. So I played Soul Eater. You played? Uh-huh. What? We played Soul Eater together. What the fuck? Yeah. You asked me to play it with you and I played it with you. When did we play Soul Eater? It was a, quite a few years ago. Well, it was a few years ago, but I remember playing it with you. Uh, and there's the... We were running around that main little area before we'd take the missions with each other, and then we'd go out and uh, fight stuff out on the field, and we'd come back. There was a girl who was in the highest level in like a little garden that you could go talk to, and so I'd always go talk to her before we went out on our missions. Wait, are you saying God's Eater? Oh, God's Eater. Yeah, is that yeah, not yeah. the same? No, Soul Eater is the uh, Oh, Halloween Soul Eater anime. the anime. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know shit about Soul Eater. <laughs> yeah, I don't know nothing about Soul Eater. No, 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 but God's Eater is also great. Both of them. God's Eater. This is also God's Eater. Um, oh. <laughs> this is everything. Uh, attractive women. Well, it's, just like, it's just like the, I am God's Eater. <laughs> I am also God's Eater. I am Soul Eater. I am Attack on Titan. <laughs> Jesus, all stand up. Uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this one. I think Unless so. Got anything else to say about the show? It was damn good. I'm and I'm I'll, excited to try it out. I I will definitely give it a three episoder. Yeah, already by the way, uh, more than a one. Oh, dude, it was more than a one when the intro started. Oh, dude, I would that, give that it a funky bop, dude. Yeah, dude, just a little funk to start your day off. <laughs> that already gets a four out of me. Yeah, like, what are we talking about? A one is like, I, would, I wouldn't I would tell my greatest enemy to watch this. Yeah, That's what which a one I would is. say the, um, what was it, the kowtowing. Well, that was a one. Fuck that show. <laughs> oh, man, fuck that show. I hated that. 
I almost walked off set. Yeah, <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that'll bring us to the end of this one. Uh, I would give it. I'm giving it myself three episodes for this. I really want to see what goes on in it. Heck yeah! But with that, per usual, we hope you guys have a great afternoon, morning, night, wherever you are. And we'll see you next time. Bye.